Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. The message is entitled, The Right Vision. The Right Vision. A number of years ago, I, uh, I was spearfishing with one of the pastors from Carindale. The very first time he did that. He'd been bugging me for months to take him spearfishing. And uh, he's actually a fair bit older than me. And I really didn't want to take him spearfishing with me, but he bugged me and bugged me and bugged me. And one day I said, okay, we both had the same day off. Let's go spearfishing. We went down to the Gold Coast and off, off Tweed Heads and we're spearfishing off Tweed Heads. And whilst we're spearfishing off Tweed Heads, he'd bought himself a pair of goggles. And honestly, they were the worst goggles that have ever been created in the history of the universe. These goggles, if you've ever snorkeled, you know sometimes your goggles fog up. And it is very difficult to see when your goggles are fogged up. It's like trying to drive the car on a winter's morning when, the, when it's misted up and you can't see out the window. Well, it's exactly the same with your goggles, but you're already trying to see through water, so it's a very difficult thing. He didn't just have gog- goggles that were fogged. His goggles also continued to fill up with water every time he dived under the water. So it was sort of like a bonus. The water was washing the fog away, but it was water and he really couldn't see much at all. We've been swimming around for a while, and I'm saying to him, like, these goggles are terrible. Like, go back to the boat, get my spare pair of goggles. He's like, no, 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 I want to wear these goggles. I want to wear these goggles. And uh, I'm like, okay, help yourself. And I watched him trying to swim around, and I saw him shoot at fish. He probably shot 20 times and was missing fish by like a meter. Like, he wasn't even getting close. So we've been spearfishing for this little while. I tried to bargain him, tried to make him swap. He wouldn't swap. And... I noticed that there was a, a quite a large shark that had been hanging around when we had been spearfishing. And, and, and the shark swam under us. And just out of the corner of my eye, I saw him dive under the water. Now, I looked over and I noticed that he started to aim his gun at that shark. Now, listen, I wouldn't have had a problem if his gun was actually his gun, but it was, his gun was my gun. And so his gun is now aimed at like a six-foot bronze whale, a shark, and that fish is probably like 200, 300 kilo shark. It's a massive shark. If you shoot that shark, goodbye to the gun. So I'm just looking going, maybe he's not quite sure and he's just trying to be brave. And then I looked and I'm like, no, no, he's about to shoot that shark. So I swim down really quickly and I grabbed him by the fin and I'm like pulling him back. Don't shoot that shark. He comes to the surface. He's like, why are you stopping me from shooting that kingfish? I'm like, man, get back to the boat right now. And you are getting a new pair of goggles on because that's not a kingfish, man. That's a shark. And it wasn't just a little shark. It's a big shark, and you're about to lose my gun. So I sent him back to the boat to get a new set of goggles on so he could see properly. And he swam back, and he's like, man, I can see really good now. It's incredible when you have the right vision. You need to see right. And you need to see see well. We live in a day that actually makes seeing the right vision very difficult. If we go on to the Word of God in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, no revelation, other translations say, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. If we go into the Old Testament and we have a look at what the writer of the proverb was speaking about right here, he was speaking about a prophetic vision that would come to the people and speak revelation of the Word of God, speak revelation of what God was saying to his people to bring direction and vision to their lives and to where they were walking. 
Now, if we go into Old Testament, Old Covenant, this is a, a prophetic thing where the prophets would come. But we come into the new covenant, the new relationship that we have with God. We, we don't need to now run to a prophet to tell us what God is saying. We have His written word that tells us continually what God is speaking to our lives. Now, listen, church, we need to be continually in His word, in His revelation to see the vision for our future, to see the vision for what God is speaking to our life. On top of that, we know that the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to man. The Bible says our helpmate that comes and speaks to us and directs us and to guide us and to lead us into vision and into what God has for our life. Now, I encourage you today, I encourage you to be leaning into God's Word, be leaning into His direction his vision, His revelation continually into our lives, or I tell you, you will never have the right vision. Again, we've been talking about vision for the life of the church. We've been talking about vision for people, involvement, and how we fit into who we are as a church. But today, I want to speak more to who we are in our own lives and the vision that God wants to impute into us. Now listen, there are challenges to that vision coming. There are challenges to having the right vision. If I, if I come back to my original picture, it's a picture of wearing goggles that are fogged up or full of water that don't allow us to see right. And, and listen, if we live in the temperature of the world around us and we live in the, the thinking of the world around us, you will never have the right vision. You can sit in church, you can listen to the pastor, but if your belief system formed by the culture of this world, this way Paul wrote, don't be conformed to the culture of the world around you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When vision comes to you through the Word of God, when vision comes to you through truth, you allow yourself to have the right vision. But without that, in the world's culture, you will always have the wrong vision. Because be honest and clear and understand this, that the world has a vision for you. The enemy has a vision for you. And the enemy has a way that he wants you to see. The enemy has a way that he wants you to look and, and look at everything in your life through the eyes of the enemy. Listen, I want to start a, a series of messages over the next couple of weeks from the picture of what vision does not say to your life, but what culture continually tries to say to you. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. It's also reiterated in Mark chapter 8 and and he's talking to his disciples through the revelation of who he is and what his kingdom is. And Jesus is speaking. He says to his disciples in verse 24 of Matthew 16, he says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, let him take up his cross and follow me. I'm glad my dad thinks that scripture is beautiful and great. Because I can assure you of one thing. The culture of this world hates that verse. The culture of this world couldn't be more opposite to this verse and to this concept that Jesus is revealing. As Peter starts by having the revelation of who Jesus is, now Jesus revealing that his kingdom will come through his death and resurrection, and now Jesus revealing the fact that our job in amongst all of that is to take up our cross and follow after Jesus. Listen, our culture is so against this, so opposite this, that our culture would say things like, follow your heart. If you 
look through the goggles or follow your heart, you will never find the right vision for your life. You will never find God's vision. The biggest challenge, as we've said many times, of following your heart is Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says, the heart is exceedingly deceptive. It's exceedingly deceptive. I always wreck movies. Wendy and I will sit and watch a romantic movie. And every time I'm watching that movie, I can see what's about to happen. That girl is going to fall for that loser. Yes, I can see he's dressed well. I can see he's talking well. I can see he's trying to be nice to that girl. She's going to fall for him. I want to punch that guy in the face. I want to climb through that movie and strangle him right now because this is how the movie's going to be outworked. And it looks like a wonderful thing, but he's going to break her heart. Then she's going to go back to this other guy who's also a bit of a loser, but she's going to go back to him. And the reality of that movie is that girl needs probably a whole bunch of prayer uh, counseling in her life, healing. God needs to come and do a great work till she can ever have a functional relationship again. That's the way that I wreck movies because those movies are all about follow your heart. If you follow your heart, it's going to all work out okay. Listen, can I be really honest? If you follow your heart, it's going to get broken lots of times. Young people in the room, let me speak to you. When it comes to relationships in your life, if you just follow your heart, mess is the outcome. Brokenness is your future. If you follow the power of what Jesus is trying to reveal to us in Matthew chapter 16, you will find power in relationships. Can I be really clear? Marriage is a wonderful thing. Being a a, a young adult growing and finding your life partner is a wonderful thing. And God's in the middle of that. If you're in this room and you're like, God's not into relationships, listen, Jesus is. He loves relationships. Jesus shows us, Paul teaches that the relationship we have with Christ is mirror of marriage. God's into relationships. God's into this stuff. But God's into it right. And following your heart is not the way to find it right. Because following your heart is the way to find brokenness and mess. And, And I am grateful for that reason that we have the church. Listen, trying to work your way through this, again, young adults, let me speak to you, trying to work your way through this can be challenging because our hearts are involved in all of this. Your heart will be involved in a relationship. When I saw Wendy, my heart skipped a beat. And my heart is involved in it. I've been married 27 years and it still skips a beat when I look at her beautiful face down here. Yeah, that's, ah, sometimes hers skips a beat. When she looks at me, it skips a beat of anger and frustration. Because <laughs> yeah. that heart can be deceptive. Listen, the power of the church and our family is that sometimes people can come in the middle of it and go, hey, 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 just take a breath right now. Just, I know your heart's getting away on you. I know you're just ready to move on in this thing, but just take a breath on this. Let's just work our way through this slowly. Now, can I give a bit of a side note warning here? If you're a a mature person in this room and and you look at our young adults and like, I'm going to help them in their relational world, but you come to help them through not the vision that comes through God and the direction of of Christ in your life, but through your hurt. That guy reminds me of my ex-husband. Don't be with that boy. Listen, that's not the greatest way to bring inspiration and direction to young adults in this room. They need your wisdom. They do. Mature people, but not through your brokenness through what Jesus says, hey, that we would put away our own desires, that we would deny ourselves and we'd take up our cross, we'd follow Christ. And in following Christ, the beauty, I followed Christ, I lived a world away from Christ and it was messy. When I followed Christ, 
Christ brought the right woman into my life. The only one in the world that can put up with me for 27 years. Because I followed Christ. My eyes were on Him. And He redirected my life. Listen, we have the written word of God here. And we know this written word doesn't give space to just following our heart. Again, the culture of this world says, follow your heart. Oh, if you feel like you need to start making out in the corner and then the making out in the corner becomes making out in the bed, you come back to the Word of God and you realize that Paul said, get up and flee your youthful lust and get away from that stuff so you can keep yourself pure to the right place of relational work. Follow your heart is the wrong vision for your life. It's fog goggles. It's fog thinking. It's finding the right vision for who we are. Matthew, Jesus said, that we would deny ourselves, would take up our cross, and follow him. You know, we have a vision in the world of culture that says this, that you just have to be yourself. Can I just say, that actually sounds like a really lovely thing. And listen, God created us a certain way, and that is wonderful. But if we look at what Jesus was saying, he was talking to a bunch of disciples, and he said, hey guys, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after me. He said, hey, just how you are right now is, yeah, that's how God created you, but life recreated you. I am grateful that I came to Christ at, a 19, at the age of 19. I'm grateful that I walked to Him and I found salvation, but I also found the Word of God that showed me that transformation was the next step in my life. If I was standing here as your pastor and your preacher, living the same way I lived as 18, but saying I'm forgiven, you would be throwing rocks at me right now. There was a transformation in my life that, listen, I am who God has created me to be, but bigger than that, I am who God is recreating me every day to be. Because grace washed away yesterday and taking up my cross and denying myself and following after Jesus meant that I left some things hung upon that cross. I left some messy stuff there. I left some sin. I left some wrong thinking. I left a heck of a lot of selfishness there. And praise God, I walked into those waters of baptism and I buried my old man in that place. And if I just stayed myself, listen, God has created you fearfully and wonderfully, as Psalm 139 tells us. And culture tries to say, just now, yes, you're created fearfully and wonderfully, just be yourself. But if you follow your heart and just be yourself, and you come to the vision that God has for your life, you'll always run into a roadblock of the mess of the self that needs to go into the waters of baptism and be buried there with Christ and rise again, a new man that old has passed away, some old attitudes, some old thinking, some old belief systems. Listen, I'm still burying them. 20, almost 30 years later, walking with Jesus, I'm still burying some old thinking. If I just stayed myself, I wouldn't have maintained a marriage. If I just stayed myself, I wouldn't still be serving God today. I would have disqualified myself like many of other people around me have done. But I keep coming to Christ and say, God, transform me because I pick up my cross every day. I follow after you every day. 
I deny myself every day. Listen, that denying yourself is not an easy thing. And 21st century living puts on the goggles of saying, no, just be yourself. Listen, I am grateful and I look around this room, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But we're being remade into the image of Christ. Being remade into the image of Christ being remade into the image of Christ, in our attitudes being remade into the image of Christ, in our thinking being remade into the image of Christ, in our language being remade into the image of Christ. That cross is a powerful thing for our lives. St. Ignatius of Loyola said this, it's not the finest wood that feeds the fire of divine love, but the wood of the cross. What a picture. That cross is not a sign of comfortability and relaxation. That cross, when we look to Jesus upon it, was a sign of bearing our sin in pain and anguish, was a sign of dying to himself, was a sign of shedding of his blood that would be the remittance of my sin and yours. It would be the sign of a resurrection three days later that would conquer that sin and would conquer that brokenness and would conquer that despair of our lives. The power of the cross is the power to live changed through Jesus Christ. But, but can I just throw another side note to us as the older believers? Can we not live in a place of judgment of a generation that for decades has been told that this is how they should live? I know dad often talks about that Jesus revolution, but I remember the moment when that pastor was there talking here with Lonnie Frisbee, Frisbee this, this crazy, messed up hippie that's found Christ. And he makes this statement about his people searching for God, but searching in all the wrong places. And that pastor's mind was transformed from a generation that's lost to a generation that was searching. Listen, we have a lied to generation. A generation that's told, follow your heart, and right now their hearts are so broken they can't find Christ. We have a generation that was told, follow your heart and be yourself, and because of that, they are so confused and they don't know who they are, what they are, where they are, how they are. And we've got to be very careful, church, that we don't become a judgmental church that says, look at those messed up, lost people that don't know who they are and don't bring truth to them. The truth is this, there is hope in Jesus Christ. And the cross is for them, is for the broken, is for the lost, it is for the confused, it's for the hurting. And we're going to be very careful. Yes, we're going to realize that He has changed us and transforming us and continually doing that work in us, church. But He wants to do that work in a world right now that don't necessarily know they need that. To clear the goggles, come to a place like Paul did in Philippians chapter 3 when he said, I need to know Christ crucified. I need to know the power of the cross and the resurrection that is in Jesus and the power of that. Our generation needs to know that. They followed their heart, their hearts are broken. They followed the lies and right now they don't know who they are. But it's not who we are that finds truth. It's not who we are that finds hope. It's in who Jesus is. I never found hope in finding who I am. I found hope in finding who Jesus Christ is. And it changed me. And it transformed me. The world has been so wrapped up in other lies. Things like, live your truth. A broken hearted generation. A generation that have followed their own hearts. 
is now searching for truth. And the lie is, your truth is the right truth. Again, don't pass judgment on a generation. They've been lied to. They've been deceived in every movie. They've been screamed at on social media. Don't judge them. Don't hate on them. Love on them. Pray for them. Listen, we need to, before we leave this room, pray for a generation that needs our prayers. And if you're a mature Christian in this room, you need to learn how to pray for a generation. You need to learn how to pray for a generation that needs prayer like never before, to break the lies and the deception and the bondage that is so instilled in a generation. That lie of live your truth is completely opposite to what Jesus' truth was. Listen, the search for truth isn't new. It's not new to the last 20 years. It's not new to the, to the 50 years before that. Pontius Pilate, standing before Jesus, moments before he's crucified, what's his question? What is truth? What was Jesus' answer before him? He said this, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Listen, we need to see that Jesus is our truth, the truth that we need, and in that is the hope that we need. I know that is offensive to a generation, but the gospel is always offensive to those that are perishing. It always is. And listen, I don't mean offensive that we want to offend people. I don't mean it in that way. I mean it's offensive because Jesus is the truth that every one of us in this room needs. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you the greatest thing you can do in your life is find the truth that is in Jesus Christ. It is a truth that utterly and utterly transformed me, transformed the broken mess of who I was. It's the truth of Jesus and the hope that comes with a loving Savior of Jesus Christ. If you're in this room and you don't know Him, I tell you before we finish, we'll be praying for you because Jesus wants to know you and wants to walk with you. We live in a generation that has been lied to and lied to to find and live your own truth. We need the truth that's in Jesus Christ. And the final lie that is not the vision for our lives is a lie that we just need to be happy. I've heard this said many times. You just need to be happy. Happiness slips through our fingers. Happiness is so difficult to find and impossible to hold on to. I talk about Wendy and I, this year being married 28 years. You know what? There's been times that I've made her happy. And there's times when I've made her angry. If you're around this church long enough, there'll be times when my preaching will make you happy. And this morning, my preaching may make you angry. And if so, I apologize. But the gospel is a powerful truth, a powerful life-changing truth. And life, sometimes you'll be happy, sometimes you'll be unhappy. And the lie is follow your heart. The lie is find your own truth. The lie is just be yourself and be happy. These lies make us have the wrong vision and the fog goggles that don't allow us to see the right vision for our lives. Listen, it's costing a whole generation. It's costing a whole generation. Still trying to follow their heart. 
still trying to be themselves, still trying to be their truth, still trying to discover it, find it, create it. And in amongst it, they're not happy. They say they are. Because we deceive ourselves to think we're happy. We looked at what Solomon wrote many, many years ago, thousands of years ago. He said this, some people's only happiness is found in a bottle of alcohol. Listen, he wrote it thousands of years ago, but it still exists in a generation today, and it's sad. Listen, true joy is found in Jesus Christ. True joy is found in what Jesus went on to reveal to his people when he spoke there in Matthew chapter 16, when he spoke in Mark chapter 8. He said, what profit is it for a man who would gain the whole world and lose his own soul? This is the follow-on from pick up your cross and follow me. He said, others try and find it elsewhere. But what profit is it? You know, the saddest thing I see today is the movie stars, the heroes that a generation worship, killing themselves, dying empty and broken. Because every one of those things aren't the answer for our life. Listen, there is one truth, one hope, one life, one way. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. It's in who He is. It's in the power of finding vision in Jesus. It's the power of finding vision in Him in our life. In Him, in us, through His Word, through an interaction with the Holy Spirit that is revealing Jesus to us every single day, revealing life to us in Jesus every single day. And if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, this morning I implore you to turn your eyes, as we sang in that song, to Jesus. To look to Him to look to who He is, to look to the power that's in Christ. Listen, you may have been in church a long time. I don't tell, your eyes to, tell you to turn your eyes to church. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Turn your eyes to who Jesus is. Turn your eyes to the truth that's in Jesus. Turn your eyes to the truth that's in Christ. It's in His Word. It's in the power of worshiping Him. It's in the power of looking to Him. It's in the power of every day coming to Him. It's in the power of surrendering our lives to Him, surrendering our hearts to Him, surrendering who we are to Him so powerful and profoundly in our eyes. If you want the right vision, turn your eyes to Jesus. In that, you will find His kingdom. In that, you find His kingdom alive in your life. In that, you'll find His kingdom drawing you into who He's created you to be. Yes, it brings change. Yes, He will bring conviction and direction. Yes, He will redirect our lives because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads us to Jesus great help maker. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we wrap up here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are good. The cross is a beautiful thing to turn our eyes to. The power of the cross. The power of your sacrifice for every single one of us powerful thing it's a life-changing thing but Jesus you're not dead on the cross your word tells us and reveals to us you are alive and you've risen and you've conquered sin and death you conquered our brokenness and our despair our heartache and our mess and you set us free to live changed and transformed thank you Jesus thank you Jesus through that 
take off the fog goggles of the world. The mess that you can't see. out by the world and things and situations and it's time to just turn back to Jesus and you're saying Pastor Tim I want to do that today I, my heads are bowed and eyes are closed I'd love you just to give me a wave Pastor Tim I'm like that I want to turn my eyes back to Jesus I want to open my heart and my spirit you're here this morning you've crossed this room you're in a room like that just love to pray for you right now there in your seat don't embarrass you but this is a powerful moment for your life feel free this morning up the back join that one. You can put that hand down. Who else this morning? That's awesome over the side. Pastor Tim, I just want to open my heart right now, quickly, quickly. Who will join that, please? Anyone else today before I pray? My God, I thank you for the power of this moment. Right now, those two, my God, hearts open to you afresh. Jesus, here in this moment, your word says, when we open our lives, you come, you enter. Jesus, right now, I pray you enter those two hearts. You wash with grace. You wash with love. You bring your truth, the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ that comes with love and grace right now. My God, in this moment is a moment of transformation, transformation of heart, of thinking, of desire. My Jesus today, I thank you for the great Holy Spirit that comes here in this moment. Thank you, my King. Thank you, my King. You wash. You deliver. You bring your great grace today. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, Jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.